What's up, everybody? I'm Richie Beretta, a.k.a. Baby Daddy, a.k.a. Gucci Lasagna, and this is Baby Talk. Uh, it is a podcast. It's an audio podcast uh, hosted by me and Baby Audio every Thursday. I shouldn't say every Thursday because we weren't here last week because your boy was out in California. Uh, so I guess I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to, like Timbaland says. Brick a brick a baby girl. Okay, that's all right. Look, um, we got a lot to talk about today. Um, I've been doing some. I've been doing some uh, reading up. I've been educating myself, babies, on this NFT shit, and I am I'm torn, you know. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. I'm gonna talk about a project I'm working on, uh, and going to talk about some uh, musical current events. You know, we're just hanging. We're gonna have a good time. Uh, but first, I just want to uh, address all this crazy shit that's going on in the states right now, especially the violence against. Uh, the Asian American community, which is absolutely um, disgusting and insane and terrible. Uh, and um, if you have friends in that community, you got to check up on your friends, guys. It's important. You don't know how, you know, these things are affecting um, your homies. And one of the big things that we want to uh, get across with our weekly podcast is that, you know, we're here for you in terms of, like, being your creative cheerleaders. You know, it's a support group. Um, but it doesn't just stop at your uh, creative tendencies. It's, you know, we delve into life shit. And this right now is some horrible shit. Uh, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because an attack happened legit outside of my place at my train stop. And this is a pretty, like, middle class, boring neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's not, it's, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's, 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 I live, a, I live in a place in Queens where this type of stuff, you know, wouldn't typically happen. Also, there's a huge Asian community, uh, legit right here in Forest Hills um, and also a few uh, minutes away so for it to happen you know here was just sort of like this I mean it's just bullshit straight up it's just fucking bullshit I wanted to address it um, so you know check up on your homies uh, see how they're doing it affects everybody be good to one another don't be fucking jerks and um you know if this thing bothers you if, if violence against anyone bothers you speak up because we shouldn't normalize it and uh unfortunately that's what we fucking do um in the states at least i can't really speak about other countries 
but um, you know it sucks so and that's that this isn't a political stream at all but you know I felt that I had to uh, I had to say something about it so anyway what are we talking about today so um last week or, or the last podcast um I had my buddy Greg from Avedon and we were talking about uh NFTs how um Kings of Leon put out an album or some music um using an NFT and an NFT is a non-fungible token that is just a fancy word for a uh, a digital piece of property that can't be interchanged for something. It's non-fungible. Fungible means you can interchange it. So, for example, if you give me a $10 bill, I can give you two fives. It's interchangeable. Um, this digital piece of property, um, well, the NFT is sort of a receipt that proves you are the owner of that. Uh, it's almost... I want to say it's... When you... When you bought, like, if, if, if back in the day when we bought tapes and CDs uh, or vinyl, it's physical, right? It's a, you could prove you own it, you know, by one, the receipt uh, that you get, and also the physical item that you have in your possession. With MP3s, I mean, you could dupe them. There's no real way to prove that you actually have, that you actually bought it. You know, without like an email. I guess there is. But I think the thing that uh, is is really driving the buzz around NFTs is one, because it has to do with like, you know, crypto culture. And two, the money that you uh, give in order to acquire an NFT goes straight into the artist's bank account, meaning it, it's bypassing streaming services, it's bypassing the record labels, um, which I think is rad. Um, and you could do it, I know that Post Malone was doing it, where they were giving, like, he was giving away, uh, not giving away, but he was selling NFTs in order to play, like, video games with him or something, something like that. Um, so, I think it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, however, there is, well, before I talk about what I think is like a little strange uh, about the whole NFT thing, um, the good thing about it is that it goes right into the artist's wallet. Um, and it's also a great way for artists to innovate and connect to uh, this crypto culture, which is exploding, which I have my qualms about. Um, there are, I think, like, uh, like Blau fucking sold some, N sold some NFTs and made uh, something like $11 million in 24 hours. Like, that is insane. And then, and then uh, Grimes made five million dollars in like 20 minutes like no joke like these are these are actual stats um so I, you're gonna start to see an influx of independent artists uh jump on 
jump onto the NFT bandwagon, I think. However, the um, thing that I think is weird about it is that um, a lot of independent artists, I feel, are probably using the fact that these bigger artists are having such great success with uh, with that and I think that it's great that these bigger artists are you know the money's going right into the bank account and they're bypassing like labels and they're bypassing Spotify not that I have anything against Spotify or record labels um, it's just that I don't you know it's good that uh, it's good that uh, the artist is getting some bread directly um, and it's a great way to make some money uh despite the fact that there are no live shows right now and there probably won't be till the end of this year i know that uh, some some people are saying the summer but um i don't really think that live performance is going to be a thing just based on the logistics um at least till next year so it's a good way for artists to economically innovate which i think is extremely important um it's a good way to raise awareness on how to economically innovate. Um, but the weird thing is, is that there's really nothing stopping somebody else from selling another artist's NFT. Um, so it's going to be easy, I think, for a record label to try and siphon some bread. Uh, or... Uh, even worse, it'll be easy for counterfeiters to sell something. Uh, also, well, I should finish that thought. It's going to be easy for counterfeiters to sell an NFT posing as the artist, but then actually pocketing the money. And it's hard to prove that you even own it because you need uh, a certain type of uh, program to decode the string, the string of numbers that is the NFT that proves that you are the owner. Um, but it doesn't transfer copyright, so you know, the, the artist still maintains the copyright, which is, which is a great thing. Um, so, I don't know. It's a, it's a new, it's a definitely a new era. It's def I think it could be a gimmick. Um, I don't, I just don't understand why fucking these record labels can't get their shit together to figure out how to fucking make some fucking money with record sales and how to actually not rely on crypto trends in order to make money, you know? Like, why do, why do you have to... Why do you have to wait for some... for some new, some new like, economic trend that is, that is volatile in order to improve your business plan. That's actually not, you know, why can't you just figure it out? You have all that money, you have, you could hire strategists and, you know, other corporations do it. They hire branding strategists, they hire economic strategists in order to figure out how to make some fucking money. But the, uh, but record labels, <clears throat> you can't get it together. And like, I'm not a, I don't know if I would call myself a hater of, of record labels. I definitely think that they have some shitty practices. Um, but I, I don't know if I would consider myself a hater on record labels because I think that the artist needs 
somebody to sell their product, you know? I mean, maybe someone's going to get pissed that I even said that, but I don't really give a shit. I mean, it's true. Like, uh, as somebody who was an artist and at one point, I've uh, been in a, a shit ton of bands since I was a kid. I was a solo artist. Uh, and then moving over to the production and, and the engineering side, I've seen uh, all the facets that uh, come with trying to make money selling music and it's hard to do everything all at once and a good label I don't know what they're fucking doing outside I don't even know if you can hear this they're like fucking they're throwing like a tree into a wood chipper lost my train of thought fuck yeah dude record labels man this is just how we do it here, dude. Anyway. Oh, man. Getting upset. Getting upset, dude. <laughs> getting, getting upset, dude. I swear to God, man. Queens could be so fucking noisy, man. And I moved out of Manhattan for this shit they do the, the the dumbest shit like in the middle of the day like there'll be like an explosion somewhere randomly because they some you know the some somebody wants to blow up some fucking concrete or someone wants to fucking put a whole spruce tree into a wood chipper i mean whatever anyway record labels man you look you, you hate them but you need them yeah, but they take advantage, you know, and that's just, that's the way it is. But the thing is, is now, it's like, it, it, you're not making the bread. Like, you're not, you, I, I, I feel like years ago, when you were making more money, people saw labels as a necessary evil. Because, you, look, they're not, I can't, I can't have so much sympathy for bigger artists that, that, bullshit about or not bullshit but like you know bellyache about record labels even if they're right even if the artist is in the right and the artist is trying to expose you know shitty business practices of a record label they're still fucking paid dude you know what i'm saying like they still have fucking bread they're making more money than they're going to be able to spend in a lifetime now is it right that they they're getting ripped off no but the thing is, is that, like, now, they're not, you, record labels really can't do anything for anybody. And, and you're seeing that artists that are already established are looking for other ways to keep as much money as possible. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not, that's, I would be doing the same shit. Um, but I, why don't why doesn't the record why don't record labels step up and be like okay you know what like obviously what we're doing isn't working um why don't we try and figure out a new a new plan i don't know i think maybe just too many people are involved that's probably it you know too many people are involved 
and uh, obviously music isn't what's being sold um, yet people like me and you still continue to make it so what are you gonna do um, yeah so that's up with that's what's up with this NFT thing um, I think that I mean I think it, I think I'm interested to see like what what happens with it um, I think it may may work more for like visual artists than than music artists um, just because of the medium you know but um, I don't know it kind of looks it looks it looks promising but hopefully it helps independent artists that's really honestly what I, I would the way I would really get uh, behind this uh, totally is that if there was a way to tell that like it's gonna help independent artists uh, as much as it's helping artists that are already established I mean it's easy to you know you're you you're leveraging your fame um, like I, I would imagine it's not it's it's much easier for someone like Grimes to sell something than somebody who makes the music that is maybe in her same genre or same wheelhouse oh man this wood chipper outside dude <laughs> Um, Kings of Leon did something kind of interesting though with the uh, with their NFT. They had these golden ticket NFTs, where if you buy them, um, you get front row seats to their tickets for your whole life. And if you don't like Kings of Leon, that would be your personal. <laughs> Imagine, dude. Imagine uh, you hate Kings of Leon and maybe like you broke the law or something. <laughs> Imagine that's how they punish you if you broke the law. Like they would they would they would put you in a concert of like a band that you don't like and put in like sh like chain you in the front <laughs> chain you in the front seat. So like like I, I don't like Arcade Fire because Snooze Fest. And so let's say I you know, let's say I robbed a deli and they're like Richard Brewer, we find you guilty of uh robbing a deli and we hereby sentence you to a lifetime of front row tickets to the arcade fire. I would yeah, I would learn my lesson. All right, what else is happening? The Grammys happened. Mm. Hey, ask me if I give a shit about the Grammys, dude. I'll wait. I just don't. I don't care about them anymore. I don't care about watching them. I stopped. I mean, I think I like. I think I really. I stopped watching the Grammys in 2010. Man, I remember I used to watch it with my father like every year. That was like the thing. And you'd uh you'd watch like what um you know, 
It was, it was, it seemed interesting back when I was a kid. Now it just seems like a fucking jerk-off session. Like, like, you, you know who's gonna win, you know? You know who's gonna win. It's not like, and I, I really hate how they, like, make themselves out to be this, like, advocate for musicians everywhere. It's like, dude, you know what, man? Like, the people who win are the ones who sell the most records or who are the most popping in pop culture. It has nothing to do with the music. And it's so contrived, man. It's so contrived. And whenever that guy gets up to talk in the middle of, like, whenever, you know, it's like that the dude, the president or whatever, he gets up and talks about something. No one's listening. No one cares. I don't know. It seems pretty, uh... It seems pretty whack. I don't think they matter anymore. Uh, I don't think they... You know, they weren't... Here's a bit of Grammy trivia. The Grammys, or the Recording Academy, rather, was not... was not formed for any type of celebration of... Or, or support of musicians or whatever. It was formed because when they were doing the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, they needed musicians. They needed, like, you know, bands or famous singers and stuff. Uh, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce is who I'm referring to. And they uh, went to record labels to find out who, who they could put on the Walk of Fame that is relevant. And... The record labels got together and said, "You know what? Why don't we do what the uh, what the film industry is doing, like how they have the Oscars, and we'll create the Recording Academy, and we'll have the Grammys." That's how it all started. It was just for to, to boost tourism, you know. Uh, and there's a there's a so one year at AES, I ran into a friend of mine who's a mastering engineer. And I don't like to, whenever I tell stories like this, I don't like to, I don't like to name names. I just think, I think name dropping is stupid. But um, I ran into a, a friend of mine who's a mastering engineer, and he's a brilliant one. And he was telling me how you know, we whenever I whenever I speak to him, he he always gets into he always gets into it with me about how his job as as a mastering engineer is being pretty much um, hindered because of how loud the artists or the producers want their records, or how loud their reference mixes uh, when it comes in. And uh, it doesn't let them do their job because uh, all the artist is really concerned about is the loudness of the record and how does it compete up against the reference or how does it compete up against the song that's on the radio or on the next song on the playlist and it doesn't really let them do what they feel uh, is best for the song. And uh, I, I can, you know, commiserate with that. And anyway, the reason why I bring it up is because we were, we were it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was the... The last AES that happened in New York before the pandemic, um, or the previous one, I, I don't really remember. Um, but he was like, you know, the, the Recording Academy had a meeting. And there was, you know, mixing engineers there, 
uh, along with him that voiced this, and they were like, you know, we need to raise awareness uh, with our with the artists and with the producers and with engineers that uh, music is really being uh, hurt by how loud the artists want it, and it's really pointless because the 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 way that songs are being distributed through streaming it doesn't even it no one really even gets to hear it as loud as their master so he wanted to you know he was saying this is the first time i ever heard this term but grammy dollars he wanted to use grammy dollars he wanted in order to raise awareness of this and i I thought to myself yeah right (laughs) yeah fucking (laughs) okay cool dude yeah grammy dollars is gonna fucking end the loudness wars right dude you know good luck I got a better fucking chance getting fucking free Big Macs with uh, Grammy dollars. You know? Like, and this dude is a fucking... This dude fucking has a closet full of Grammys. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. he's not just like some, like, you know, independent engine. I mean, the guy's fucking mastering everyone. So, uh, I just don't... You know, and obviously... Since speaking, that was me had that had to have been at least two years ago. Records have gotten louder, dude. It sounds like it fucking sounds. So when I was a kid, okay, when I was a kid, my mom had this. My mom was obsessed with juicers. We just talk about random shit here, dude. It's all good. Uh, what? Hmm. Getting upset. Trying to keep my cool, but getting very upset. <laughs> Speaking of my mom, anyway, let me tell you this story about my mom's juicer. And uh, she just called me. I should have answered the phone. Well, I'm calling her back. I'm going to call her back. I don't care. I'm going to call her back. After I'm done telling the story, I'm going to call her back and you can all have, hear the conversation that I'm having with my mom. Um, because mommy still calls her son. Because that's what happens. Uh, anyway, my mom had this juicer. She was obsessed with juicing. She saw an infomercial. And that's what uh, my house, my house, we were all, my mom, my dad, my sister, uh, we were all obsessed with infomercials. So basically, if we saw something on an infomercial on like a Sunday afternoon, we would assume it's like, you know, the greatest shit ever. And um, we saw an infomercial for a juicer. So my mom buys this, not the juicer that's on the infomercial, uh, but like a juicer and it was the loudest motherfucking thing I've ever heard it was it sounds like what's going on outside and always carrot juice there was never any delicious juice I would say mom can, can I have apple juice mommy can I have apple juice no carrot juice mommy can I have pineapple juice <laughs> oh my god man <laughs> It was always carrot juice. It was always carrot juice. And to this day, she still has this fucking thing and just makes jugs of carrot. She just doesn't doesn't make any other kinds of juice except for carrot juice. Uh, So, maybe they're just making a shit ton of carrot juice outside my studio. It's crazy how loud this thing is. It's fucking crazy. Anyway. 
So, what else is going on? Uh, the guy who invented the uh, Kenneth Ingers. I will tell my Ken <laughs> Kenneth. I will tell. Uh, I will tell mom. I said you said hello. I'm gonna call her at the end of this. At the end of this podcast, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call her, and you can hear what. Uh, well, I'll bring up the juicer. See if she remembers. Um. Oh yeah. You know what's crazy? I mean, the mic I'm using to for this thing is an SM58, and it's hooked up to my my 1073. I'm not trying to flex, dude. I uh, that that's I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. That's so corny. I that's so corny, dude. You know, I got a I got a doing a fucking podcast and my mic is hooked up to a 1073. Who gives you shit, dude? You know? I just it's just the only fucking preamp that I have that's open right now. So that's anyway. Anyway, is there, a, is there a high pass on it? There's a high pass on it. I don't know, dude. They fucking, I mean, they're cutting down trees, bro. I live in a forest. Uh. So. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, any, any mic. Any mic through a decent preset. You know what's crazy? I have a, um, speaking of preamps, I have a group tube Vipri that just breaks every fucking year because I modded it and um, I modded it with old fucking tubes, really old tubes and older tubes don't really uh, regulate gain as well as newer tubes. But the newer tubes don't really sound as cool. Um, I'm not getting into that conversation because that's another corny conversation. But um, I don't know when did I get this thing. I got it was my first real piece. It was I think it was my first real piece of audio equipment. Um, I don't know if you could see it in the. No, you can't. You can only see the ten, the ten eighty, whatever it is. Ten eighty four. It's below the ten eighty four over here. Um. But I use it now. I use it. I repurposed it. I use it as a uh, as a uh, a ba my, my 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 mono bass channel in when I mix. Um, but I was using it as a vocal preamp when I was tracking vocals a lot, and um, the variable impedance is so good. And what I found is you could put a you know, a 57 or a 58 through through it and put it at its lowest impedance, which I think is like 300 ohms. What is it? 300 ohms, yeah. And the mic sounds like a like a condenser, you know, like a like a wide diaphragm condenser. It's it's amazing. It's a great preamp. Very dark though, and. I didn't realize I didn't realize how used to how used how used to that darkness I got until I was mixing a J-pop record for this artist uh, Diana Garnet and uh, um, she is a she's a J-pop artist she's an American J-pop artist who lives in Tokyo and 
does all sorts of rad voiceover work and music stuff. And she had a song on Naruto. Um, I was mixing a record for her. And uh, my Vipri went like it does every year. Every year I got to get it taken in to get some kind of like... Uh, it's usually the rectifier in the back that, got, that I had to put in in order to... Uh, in order to get this thing to not overheat, um, I got to get it replaced. So I was getting it replaced, and I didn't have it, so I had to put her through a. Uh... Yo, what's up, dude? S row 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 row. <laughs> if anybody's listening to this podcast, like after without seeing the chat, they're gonna think. I talk to myself. I mean, I do talk to myself. But it's a row, 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 row. What's up, dude? Um, so, anyway, I got my, uh, I got this thing, I got this thing, uh, I was getting it fixed, and I put, I had to change my vocal channel, so I changed it over to the 1084, which is considerably brighter, and I was like, oh, shit. I think I'm going to make this one my new vocal channel. And that was that's how that happened. And then, and now the Vipri is my bass channel. And it sounds great. And that's the end of that story. What were we talking about before? Uh, I think we were talking about the dude. Lou Ottens, man. He's dead. Rest in peace. And he invented the tape. The cassette tape. Which I, I miss... You know what's funny? Uh, there was a kid that um, was in a band when I was in bands, and he went on to like work for like record labels and stuff, and big music guy. And he, I don't know if he put, I don't know where he he put this statement, but he was just like, vinyl sounds so much better than cassettes because of some weird frequency, you know. Misfact. Uh, this was years ago. He was like, I don't know why people don't. He was like, I don't know why people. It, it, cassettes were being used as like there were a lot of bands that were selling Walkman, old Walkmans with the with a cassette version of their album as like merch. And he was commenting on it and said, I don't know why people aren't you know give a shit about cassettes because. Um, they don't sound as good as vinyl. And that is that is um, something that I always when anybody makes a comment like that uh, when anybody, someone makes a comment like that I always, I, dude it just irks the shit out of me. Because it's like, first off, the cassette tape had such a full, cassettes sound awesome. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of those t people that's like, oh, this medium sounds better than this medium. Uh, vinyl sounds like vinyl because of the way it's mastered. Because of how you, because of the actual physical capability of uh, a record, meaning, you know, the, the actual vinyl record, uh, to reproduce low-end information because if it's if there's too much low-end 
you'll have what's called the groove collapse. So it has to be so. Yes, vinyl mastering is an art. In order to get that vinyl, the, in order to get that record to reproduce the low end in a uh, in a true fashion, it has to be mastered a certain way. So you know, respect to people who master on vinyl. Um, but the cassette tape has a sound too. It's 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 much more has a has a fuller frequency range than a, than a piece of vinyl. But like the nostalgia with vinyl, uh, when the when when cassettes were having this like sort of very very brief resurgence, uh, I just had to comment and like you know be like you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I think because I grew up on cassettes, I didn't grow up listening to vinyl. I listened to a lot. Word up, baby. Kenavinger knows his shit, dude. <laughs> So, also, uh, it's the first time I watch you here on Twitch. I follow you on Instagram, and I had only been able to see you on Facebook. Well, thank you for following me on, following me on Instagram, dude. I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, yeah, I I do I do miss the sound of uh, cassette tape. Only because that's you know. And it's it like especially dubbed cassette. Like I love that sound. Like I love the sound of, of a dubbed cassette. Like ganking something off the radio. It's just it's such a it's a cool. I I don't even know if it's the sound. It's sort of the change, you know. Like when I was a kid, I listened to a lot of fucking radio, and that's how I would get music. Because I was a skateboarder, and if a new song came out, um, I would just gank it off the radio and just put it on a mixtape. And, and I couldn't use CDs because they would skip. So I had to use a, I had to use a, a Walkman. And um, you would hear the song on the radio, right? And then you, you record it or dub it to your tape, and then you press play on the tape. I'd always do, dude. I would do this like religiously because, especially if I heard a song that I liked, I would immediately play the song I recorded because the chances of hearing another good song on the radio like was very slim. You know, they'd always play whatever comes next. So I'd want to listen to that song again. So I'd rewind the tape and play it, and it always sounded different not in a bad or good way it just sounded different and i like you learn to it's the same reason why people are obsessed with vinyl because vinyl sounds a certain way and it's nostalgia you know i'm the i'm nostalgia for um for a certain type of reel-to-reel tape nostalgic did i say did i say i'm nostalgia or nostalgic don't know dude don't know don't know because your boy's not really that smart. Anyway. Um, so, my dad had a... Uh, a TIAC uh, A3340... A 
four track reel to reel in the crib when I was a kid. Thank you, Petey. Because that's where always cool, even when they when they flipped over and you got side two backwards for a few seconds. Yeah, I, I always liked that. I liked taking the thing out and flipping it over. It was always like, oh, what's going to be on? You know, especially when you didn't hear the album before. But anyway, um, I. Oh man, your nostalgia, <laughs> my nostalgia. It's good that we get all these Richie-isms. Um, so anyway, my dad had this uh, TAC-83340, and that's how I learned how to record. And it was his reel-to-reel uh, tape machine. And we would record through it. We wouldn't record direct. It would go through a Yamaha mixer. It was like a Yamaha 16-track uh, recording mixer from... From the 80s the mid 80s or something it was like black and neon purple and like salmon orange like knobs it was it was like i don't know it was it was it was like the yamaha color palette back then like the same color palette that's on the dx7 and uh, i remember whenever i used to track through that Whenever, if I was like, you know, recording something that I wanted to save or something, I can't really call them demos because I mean, I was such a baby. I still am a baby, but like, uh, I was really young. So it was just, you know, you want to record. You just, the, the phenomenon of having something that you made manifested as a physical thing that you could replay is pretty, is still amazing to me. Uh, and it especially was when there was more moving parts. You know, when you when you if you're working on Pro Tools, you know, you're working in fucking tools. You hit three, you record, right? It's that's that's how that works. But when you're recording on the tape, there's so many things you have to do before you can even record. And then when you do record and you hear it back, because we that Yamaha like mini console or whatever the fuck it was called didn't have a tape monitor. You literally had to route output of the track to uh, another set of faders so because it was a four track you'd have four faders for your whatever going into your tape you know and then four faders as your tape return or your tape monitor um, that's sort of like it's like splitting an SSL desk uh, some, some people like to record that way but the sound was so drastically different from when you're playing. So if I was playing something on a keyboard or if I was playing uh, like a guitar or something um, and then I would rewind the tape to hear back what I did, it, the sound was so drastically different than what it sounded like when I was dubbing onto tape. So, and, and that made overdubs really hard. Because it just sounded so different. So, uh, but there was something, there was something cool about that. You know, there's something, there was something cool about not knowing what you were going to get. And, uh, you know, that's for better or for worse, not the same. Um, but yeah, cassettes, I remember, so I was a big Green Day fan. I still am. And I, ha I, I legit broke my 
my Dookie tape. I played it so much, I legit broke it. And then I bought it on CD, and the CD sounded so different to me. Um, and then, how old was I? 11? I think. 11 years old? Yeah, something like that. And, um... It was so... It, it, I remember it sounding so different than the tape, and I couldn't figure out if I liked it or not. I mean, I liked it, but I was just like... it. It's weird, you know, when you listen to something over and over and over and over and over again, and you hear it again uh, in a different form, you... It's like, whoa. And that was, you know, it was like... that's That, that was a little strange. So anyway, yeah, rest in peace to... Uh, Lou Ottens, thanks for the cassettes. And apparently cassette sales are up again. Which is cool. Um, I miss... I miss the... I miss the... Um, I miss physicals, man. I miss I miss being able to hold... A piece of music and being able to collect it. You know, getting back to the NFT thing, I think that's what they're trying to do. Because here's the thing about NFTs... There are apps where you could just show off your collection of NFTs. You know, it's it's you're you're claiming ownership of something. You know, but it's non tangible, which that, to me that there's a disconnect. But I think it's still cool that people it, it makes people want to collect music again. Um, that's that's how I was when I was a kid, man. I had to fucking have. So when I was in high school, I started becoming obsessed with collecting vinyl and I would sometimes I wouldn't even play the records I would I would buy a record because of its cut you know because of its title like I have uh, I remember I remember searching for uh, for some records and I found something that was like how to belly dance and you know your boy needs to learn how to fucking belly dance dude <laughs> so I bought it you know, I wonder the fuck did that seem cool? There was another record that uh, I think I, I bought was like How to Strip for Your Husband. And you know, you know your boy needs to learn how to strip for his husband, dude. But yeah, these were records that were like made in the 60s. And I thought, wow, what an interesting record. And I, I never even, I don't even think I played them. But I wanted to, you know, I wanted to collect them. And then the same thing went for, um, for music that I liked. Like, well, CDs especially. Um... I liked CDs because I could fit more of them in a shelf. It had nothing to do with the sound and stuff, but I always would dub my CDs. Like I would make mixtapes, literally on my on tapes because I skated, and you couldn't use a CD player when you skated because it would skip. Um, but I liked I liked CDs because I could fit more in a shelf. And I would just, I would just buy shit up, man. I, I like, I needed to have my, I needed to have a, a, a large music collection. Um, and I think it's cool that NFTs are, are prompting that sort of need to collect music. And that's important. That's sort of what Spotify has ruined. Uh, and not to, like, I'm not like, I'm not a, a critic of streaming music. I do it just like everybody else. And I have subscriptions to Spotify and Tidal like everybody else. Hey, Tidal, lower your subscription rate, please. Too expensive. Um, 
But even though you have access to all that music because you pay for the subscription, it's not, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a collection because you can't see it. You don't even know it's there. I forgot. You know what? I got to find this stat. I'm going to ask Google. How, mu how much of Spotify has zero plays? I know it's this fucked up number. Forgotify, dude. There's something called Forgotify. Meet Forgotify. Forgotify tears through Spotify in search of songs with zero plays. Holy shit. This is a thing. I thought it was like slang for... But what's... I know... I know that there's like a crazy... Forgotify. I know it's a crazy stat. It's like... Oh, hold up. I think I just... 80%, dude. According to data that Spotify released in October of last year. Oh, that was that dog. Oh, this is this is an old ass fucking This is an old article. Hang on. We need up-to-date stats. No fake news on this fucking thing. Spotify usage and revenue statistics. Maybe someone can find this this piece of data for me. Spotify usage statistics. Spotify content statistics. Let's see. Spotify currently lists over 70 million songs. Reportedly, 60,000 new songs are added to the platform every day. Most streamed. Uh, I don't know. This is gonna take a thousand. I'm gonna get. The, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this stat for next, for next, uh, next week's episode. Because I I read it somewhere a while ago. I mean, a long, long time ago. Number of artists played out spaces. Out spaces correlates to increasing music. I don't know. I read this stat a long time ago, and it was like frightening. It was like eighty percent of Spotify has like less than a hundred plays or something like that. It was like really effed up. Maybe someone in the chat can find it. Yeah, if you could if anybody could find that stat, that would be sick. But it's frightening. So anyway, the point of this is is that look, even if every even even if things were played, you know, a, a considerable amount it doesn't equate to anything that could actually, you know, support an artist. That's for sure. If you're independent. Or if you don't. I don't know how much it costs to have... I don't know how much it costs to have a, a song uh, played over a million times. You... People don't just put out songs and say, hey, listen to this. Like, I'm talking about major artists. You know, artists that are, you know, making sure that they are in the forefront of popular culture. They're not just putting out records and saying like, oh, hey, yeah, people will listen, you know. There's a budget behind it. There's a marketing budget behind all that. There's PR uh, campaigns and, and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I can't tell you the price tag of what it costs to have a successful record. 
I'm also not talking about going viral either uh, because the odds of that now become slimmer and slimmer. But I'm talking about how much does it cost for a record to become a hit on Spotify. Um, so, depending upon your listening habits, and I think that most people have the same listening habits, if they like a song, they're going, or they like an artist, or they like a certain genre, they're going to listen to it. But what happens to the other stuff? It Nothing, right? Now, if you're not played... Now, imagine this. Imagine going to the record store and taking a whole shelf of CDs and taking that whole shelf of CDs for free and putting it on your shelf at home. And then you only play the stuff that you really, really like. And it, and the artist gets paid per play. That's essentially what's happening uh, with, with streaming services. So... Like, okay, cool. You give me, you know, a fraction of a cent per play, whatever, man. I, I, I can't get into the whole, like, what does a play cost? Because I just think that that whole fucking business model is stupid, you know? We're here arguing, like, oh, what does a play cost? I don't fucking know, dude. How long is a play? How long is it? What does a play cost? Just buy the fucking album, dude. You know? Like, what? Why, why, why would I have that conversation with you? How, how much does a play cost? You know? It's like ordering a whole meal for free at a restaurant and just paying for the shit you eat. Nobody would... <laughs> nobody would fucking agree to that, man. It's so stupid. And it costs so much money to make music. Like, that's another thing I, people, don't, people don't talk about, how much money it costs to make music. Both for people with budgets and without budgets. I'm not... I know I I know I side on the uh, on the independents, you know more often than not, because I believe that they deserve it. But whether you're an independent or you're you know a hit maker, it costs a lot of money to make music, uh, and I it you you're basically you're basically leasing it to to a listener. And you only you only get paid if that listener uses, you know, the song. And it's if you're super super famous, you'll make some bread. But if you're not, you're what money are you gonna make? You know. And there's no touring. At least like back. At least like if you're touring, if you're if you're an unsigned artist or you're independent, you're touring. At least you could sell your, you know, your EP for ten bucks or whatever. You sell some fucking T-shirts or whatever it is. But like. It's such a dumb business model, you know. They I don't they didn't figure it out right. It's just I it's just it's not it's not it's not right, you know. It's not it's not it's not right. And here I am asking Title to fucking lower their price, <laughs> but still lower your price, dude, because your fucking platform. It's so hard to find music on fucking Title, dude. At least I could find music on Spotify. It takes a thousand years, but you can do it. But like. Title, dude? Good luck, man. Good luck, bro. My mom wants to know. Um, let's call it mom. 
going to call my mom right now. I'm going to ask her what uh, she thinks about what what sounds better, vinyl or cassette tape. She's going to say, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, Rich. Hey, mom. What? Wait. Hi. I I'm I'm doing a podcast for uh for baby audio. You okay. know you know the thing. I'm, we're on. Right, we're right. live right now, so you're on it. Oh, okay. Say hi. Oh. Okay, Ma, there, there, there chip, there's a wood chipper outside my window. It's making a lot of noise. It's getting me very upset. I'm trying to do, you know, I'm trying to be professional, and it just, it's not happening. So, uh, play him a lullaby. Yeah. You are the musician, right? Play yeah. him a lullaby. Well, can, I'm brushing my teeth. Can, you're so brushing your teeth. Cancel. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm brushing my teeth. Ma, I remember. Uh, Try new toothpaste. Music toothpaste. Ma, I remember when, uh, I remember when you got that that Acme juicer and all you'd make is carrot juice and you wouldn't make me any kind of other juice. You'd only make carrot juice. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And you turned orange? Did I turn orange? No. No. No, no, dude. Oh, no, that's right. No, no, turn orange. Well, anyway, Ma, it was great talking to you. Well, listen, I need to know about what's happening. I can't talk. I I have, um, this is how you know you have a good mom. She answers the phone even when she's brushing her teeth. All right, I'll call you when you're done brushing uh-huh. your teeth. Okay. All okay. right. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Bye. bye. My mommy. Anyway, uh, what was I talking about? I think we're done. <laughs> I think we're finished, dude. Call your mom next. Give me your number. All right, don't actually, do not, do not type anyone's phone number in the chat because I think it's against, uh, I think it's against Twitch Terms of Service. So don't, don't, I mean, even if you are crazy enough to give me your mother's number, don't do it in the chat, please, because then we get canceled. Your mom is in Staten Island? I feel bad for her, dude. Are you from Staten Island, Kinnevinger? <laughs> Me too. Staten Island is something else, bro. I'm going to be... Oh, Brooklyn now. Bro- oh, you're from Brooklyn? That's cool. Where Where in Brooklyn? 1-800-HOT-DOG. I wonder if 1-800-HOT-DOG is an actual number. Canarsie, dude. Fuck yeah, bro. Respect. My my pop is from Borough Park. And I used to spend a lot of time there. And, uh... And sheep's... Yo, oh, hold on. We gotta have a Brooklyn conversation right now. Because because I fucking... I mean, I, nobody, nobody... None of my family lives in Brooklyn anymore. They all moved away. Um, but I, do you ever go... Do you ever go to, like, Fun Time USA... Or any of that shit in Sheepshead Bay? What was that fucking place by the movie theater? Justin's? Justin's Lobster Shack or some shit? Dude, Fun Time USA was the shit, dude. Or Nelly Bly, bro? Fuck yeah, dude. I smuggled my wife out of Borough Park 22 years ago. Holy shit. 
Yeah, my pop, my pop grew up on uh, 56th Street and 18th Avenue, and that's I used to spend the summers there with my grandma. And it was a lot of fun. And then my cousins were lived in Sheepshead Bay, and I would chill there too. And also in Canarsie. So I, lo I love meeting people from that part of Brooklyn that were actually from there because it's so rare, man. It's so rare. It's so rare. But that was a... Those are those some cool times. How did you... Why, why did you smuggle your wife out of Borough Park? I'm kind of interested in that story. I hope one day to settle in the United States and work there. Nah, you don't. <laughs> it's kind of whack here now, man. It's a, it's a little insane. So yeah, you now your mom is in Staten Island. You got to get her out of there, dude. Staten Island is the land that time forgot. And they have the worst food. Nassau County. Oh, man. Two places that I cannot stand have been mentioned in this fucking Long Island and Staten Island. Blech. I may I may need a disclaimer that uh, that my views on New York geography is not necessarily adopted by the uh, not necessarily the views of Baby Audio. Yo. Uh, Mexico, yo, Mexico City is popping right now for music, dude. Real talk. Real talk. Mexico City is popping. Sorry, just over the Queens line in New Hyde Park. All right, you know what? Uh you get a pass, Petey. You're all good. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. The further out, dude, the further out east you go, it gets a little fucking weird, man. Uh, all kinds, man. All kinds of, like, in fact, that same mastering engineer I was talking about earlier, uh, when he was in regards to the, the one with AES in regards to, like, you know, getting the Grammys to sort of raise an awareness on how the, uh, the loudness of records are actually, like, you know, diminishing the quality of it. Um, he was telling me he was like dude you gotta he was telling me that like Mexico City is like the only place right now that's like really killing it in terms of like create creativity uh, and um, music culture in general my manager was telling me this too he was like you know I think he said he wants to actually move there um so, I, I mean, personally, I, I don't know too much about it to, to comment on it, but I would assume, like, a lot of different genres. Thanks, man. We used to go to May's Department Store on Union Turnpike in Queens Village. May's Department Store in Queens Village. That's north, dude. I'm a southern Queens kid. I'm from Woodhaven. Uh, so, Queens Village was far. In fact, the only my, my only knowledge of Queens Village is that farm that they got up there. And, um, 
when I was when I was in college, I went to for like five minutes. I went to Oneonta, and the bus would drop us off in Queens Village. Um, so that's all I really know about it. I don't really. I never really hung out there. Uh, I know that. Estonianta. Fuck that fucking school, dude. Fuck that school. Uh, fuck that town, dude. All right, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna tell you guys a little story, and then I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. Parkway. Francis Yeah, yeah. That fucking Canada. <laughs> Canada's cool. Canada's all right. Canada. Uh, Alright, so here's a story about Oneonta, and then I'm going to get the hell out of here. Uh, so, when I went... I don't even know if I can tell this story, actually. Uh, maybe I... You know, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to tell... I'm not, I don't think I'm going to tell this story. <laughs> Sorry. What else you got? <laughs> what else you got in the chat? Uh... But yeah, I went to Oneonta for like five seconds, for like a year or two, or a year and a half. I'll give you the abridged version of that story. So I had a oh fuck, I, I, I can't give you the abridged version of the story because I just it, I I for, you know what? Forget it, dude. We're out of here. We're done. We're done. It's a wrap. Hey, next week we're gonna be back Thursday, noon time, twelve p.m. Eastern. Every Thursday. What was this? What episode was this? Four? Oh. Ken, yeah. Give me your mom's number. <laughs> I'll call her, dude. I'll call her. It's all good. She'll be the next guest. All right, man. Thanks for hanging. So, um... This has been another episode of Baby Talk with King Baby. Uh, every week, Thursdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, feel free to send me your mom's number and we'll call her on stream. Uh, also, just a little plug. There's something new cooking over at Baby Audio. A new plug-in's in the works. I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about it, but I'm telling you guys because we are friends you know and uh i want to see if i could oh dude yeah you missed it man come back next week dude uh anyway i want to see if i can get a little bit of a scoop to to share with you guys because uh baby's cooking up some really cool shit and uh be safe, everybody out there. Uh, check on your homies. Uh, you know, again... Yeah, you missed the Oneonta story. Again, uh, you know, just want to say what's going on with the... Uh, with the Asian American community right now is... is uh, shitty and insane and fucking horrible. So, if you got a friend in that community, check in on them. Uh... Because it's, it's some fucked up shit that's going on. And, uh, you know, it ain't right. So, we at Baby, we love everybody. 
be good to be good to your friends, be good to your homies, be good to strangers. Just be good fucking people, you know? Keep doing what you do. Do what you love. I'll see you next week, Thursday, noon, East Coast time. Because we're live and direct from Queens every Thursday. Peace out. Love you. Goodbye.